welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is George, or Georgiana, if you want to be formal. And I have two co-hosts, who is Liam. Hello, everybody. And Grant. Hello, music fans. Every time. So, we're on social media, which is very exciting, because we have a Facebook group called Flawless Friends and Family. The link is in the show notes. So, that's where we'll be announcing in advance which albums we'll be covering so you can get ready to ask us some questions and say whether you believe it or not. Form an form. opinion. Yeah. yeah, form an opinion. Share it Before, with us. Yes. That'd be exciting. State it. Yeah, so whoever's nominating the album can be like, oh, you know, Joe and... Bloggs out there totally agrees with me, even if Liam doesn't. So, uh, yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> Which wouldn't happen often, would it? <laughs> Um, And because we are a podcast, we also have a Patreon because they alliterate. So from a dollar a month, um, US I believe, uh, you can get bonus episodes of us, Flawless, um, linked to you through Patreon. There's a link in the show notes. You can find us at patreon.com slash flawless, A-M-P, standing for a music podcast. So today, because I'm doing... Whose turn is it? Well, his turn. Who's turn? Who's turn? Please. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Who's oh, talking? Man, that would be awesome. Imagine if we all had to bring one album and we just spun a wheel and whoever's name came up, they had to be that episode. That means just... we'd have to, re- re- in, like, uh, no, I'd have to prepare. <laughs> I handwrite <laughs> my notes. That's three, three The extra lot. one. Yeah. And you don't know which one you're going to talk to. Yeah. And I'm only just keeping my notes now from episode <laughs> 100 onwards because I've been bugged by the boys because I write in colours and everything. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, this is my episode. Um, this is very exciting for me. I'm bringing an <laughs> album which is uh, 20 years older than I am. And it is Nina Simone, Pastel Blues. So um, I'm a massive jazz, blues fan, R&B, etc. And um, so when I was thinking about um, what to bring, I was thinking, what's one of my favourite songs like to listen to when I'm like, like really like gearing up to do something? And then I was watching the TV show Lucifer, which I really love, and Lucifer did a cover of the final track on this album cineman cool and i was wow. like of course he did so it made perfect sense cool. that yeah, did a cover cool. is awesome. did, whose cover was it did you find do we find that out later or oh so he did a version like he did a slow miserable okay. version right. like as he is wont to do um so yeah so he didn't do the big ramped up version mm-hmm. of cineman that um so nina simone is known for her version of that um, but she is, uh, so first of all, um, I think I know the answer. Um, have you heard of Nina Simone, Liam? Yes. Had you heard the album Passport Blues? I had not heard this album nor any other album by Nina Simone in full. I knew, I knew all about her and her status and her as an icon and her background, like background as in an icon. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, yeah, I'd never listened to an album all the way through. But you'd at least heard of her. I had at least heard of her, yeah, yes. And everybody fun. references her as the lady in Cinnamon as one of the songs and her version of it as the virgin and et cetera, et cetera. Cool. Oh, thanks, Grant. Yes. You'd heard of Nina Simone? Yes. Excellent. I um, had. But I'm assuming you'd not heard this album. Wouldn't, had you heard any albums? Uh, I hadn't heard any albums. I'd heard of Nina Simone. Couldn't have named a song, but they've heard... I've heard a spell on you. Yeah, which is unfortunately... and. You know, your ears may burn, but I knew it's a cover by Credence first. By Credence. <laughs> wow. Correct. You know, that's, I'm going to try not to cry. Well, exactly. And isn't Look. that disappointing? But at least I've been honest. Yeah, I know. That However, rip the band-aid off moment that may be, but yes. Oh. And and disappointing a cover. It was on reflection. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Credence. But there you go. Okay. Okay. Wow. So, Yes. Um, is my baby just cares for me one of hers? Yeah. Okay. I knew that. I knew that one. Cool. That okay. Was, that was all there, I knew. Sure. That's awesome. But I wouldn't I, have been. I wouldn't have connected Nina with 
my baby just kissed mm-hmm. you either. So, um, and certainly listening to Cinnamon, that that's in an advert now. That's that's in not yeah, on Australian that, TV. That's on pop culture stuff For, a lot. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and like it's an insurance ad or something now. Like at this moment, that introduction is. Ah, sweet. Is, is, oh yeah, the piano. Yeah, the piano is on. Yeah, it's like an insurance. On insurance, uh, I don't That's, know what it was. I didn't even know because I don't is, watch commercial TV. <laughs> well, it's only by accident in the mornings when when Emma needs to see the daily news. <laughs> yes, it's that cinnamon is a current. So yeah, that's hilarious. Mm. Okay, well I had no idea. So you have uh, some. I connected oh, some dots. You connected some dots and uh, disappointed you again. So uh, yeah, not great dots. No, not great dots, but dots. <laughs> that's fine. So um, Neil Simone, uh, actually, this album went to 131 in the Billboard charts, number eight in the R&B charts, and number 18 in the jazz charts in 1965. Mm. So and hold on, this is is this the like the. In the top three oldest albums proposed, just about. Um, Chet Faker, Chet Baker would have been, Chet Baker, um, would have been earlier. Chet Baker was, was 54. Yeah. yeah, it was the 50s, mid-50s. So and then I brought Billy Joel from the 70s. Mm. But somebody brought I Queen. I brought The Doors. And the Doors as well. Was 60, Queen, was mid-60s. Was it? Wasn't Queen, The Doors 70s? No. Anyway. Either George, way. while Grant looks that up, why don't you tell us how you discovered Nina Simone? And mm. So, as... I have discussed many a time. Mm-hmm. My parents are musicians. Yes. And they are genre fluid as musicians <laughs> too. So um, I was... Ex- genre agnostic. Yeah. I was exposed to a huge amount of music growing up. We had a wall in our living room, an entire wall that my father, who was a joiner, had built specific um shelving just for vinyl records right and then when cassettes came out he built a wall for cassettes and then when cds came out he built a wall for cds mm-hmm. 67 we have a result 67 okay was the doors um yeah so we have like um my parents took music very seriously and i used to just run through and pick out things and play it whenever i fancied um and that was cool um and we had many jazz so we had everything from like peggy lee to black sabbath um in the collections and it was awesome and i would just listen to random things but my mother um really loved a lot of r&b and jazz and soul so she used to play a lot of like dm warwick and then peggy okay. lee and then um she would play nina simone and um, my mother it, like me, has quite profound depression. So listening to some of Nina Simone's songs, like Wild is the Wind, is so good for you when you've got depression and you need to feel shitter about yourself. <laughs> sure. Um, so, yeah, So and she's got that voice, that yeah. soulful voice, where if she wants to make you feel bad, then then you need to feel worse than you do you listen to it. <laughs> so uh, that's what... Then, so like, from, I'm down, I want to get... Downer. Yeah. Downer, get more down than Absolutely. Down. Like, I need to spiral out of control yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Nina was just one of those people because she had just that kind of soulful voice. So um, I don't know which album, um, but I do know that my mother bought me, like, back in the day when we used to have a shop called HMV for music back in the UK. Mm-hmm. His so, master's voice? His master's, master's voice. voice, yeah. So, um, is it no longer exists? Done. I've got no idea. I don't know that. It was here in Australia for a little while. It was, while, so. yeah. I remember ah. it was yeah, one yeah. In, in Queen in the Street Mall. Queen Street Mall, Mall. yeah. They I, were one I, of the big went ones. There. Oh, yeah. Sweet. They well, were, they were like, because they were cheaper than like your brushes and stuff like that. What brush? What's that now? Brashes is gone. Never was one. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> that, but then was. JB Hi Fi showed up, which was cheaper than HMB, and HMB and that was that. That was that. Couldn't compete. Well, I went. To HMV, it's like I used to go shopping with my mother, but we had this like routine because we'd always fall out when we went shopping. Um, we couldn't drive, like she couldn't drive, so um, we'd get onto the bus and she'd order like a one and a half, meaning an adult child ticket, and they'd print it as one ticket. And then she would, and we're, we're happy at this point, and then she would tear it in half and give me the half, um, <laughs> so that I could get home because we knew at some point during that trip we were gonna have going to have a robust dialogue, yeah. And we would have to travel home in separate buses, so it's fucking <laughs> hilarious. I think back to it and I'm just like, Do we, you have an example of what you would f- fight about that would be oh, that serious? It would be like she'd offer to buy me something, and I'd say I wasn't that into it actually. And she'd be like, You don't like anything I like, and then we 
just stopped. And that would be it. Yeah. Okay. Also, um, did tickets work that way that you could just rip it in half? And yeah, because it was two right. separate tickets. It just meant that they'd okay, cut the right. ticket. Yeah. Um, so, okay. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that was my weird childhood of music exposure and also potential neglect. So, you, um, so did you... Oh, sure. I mean, <laughs> go, if you want to go potentially. I mean. um, but w- would you, so you listened to Pastel Blue specifically when you were that age or no. you've chosen it since? So we had various Nina Simone albums. Okay. She, she had like 20 studio prolific. albums. Prolific. Yeah. Crazy prolific. And Four albums, albums next year. Yeah. Um, and she had two albums this, this year. year. I yeah. put A Spell yeah. On You and Pastel Blues. And they both charted. So she is prolific. Um, but. There was this one occasion when I must have been, I think, eight. Um, I must have been, like, nine um, or ten and we had just got a CD player. And she, we went into HMV and there was a whole section for classical and a whole section for jazz and a whole section for, like, blues. Um, and then all the pop and rock and everything was downstairs. So she would let me get a CD of up to five pounds. And I found a Nina Simone, like, random compilation um, for £5. Um, and it was just one of the many, many compilations of her work. And I played that CD to death. Like, right. I was, the laser. Oh, it was, yeah, it's all over the place. So I was obsessed with it. Um, I was obsessed with singing along. But it was also that point where she re-recorded so many of her songs so many times that if I listened to a different version of a particular song, I'd be like, no, that's not the version <laughs> I have. I know. Yeah, nice. exactly. So anyway, so I, I just loved jazz growing up and um, really loved listening to Nina. I loved her voice. And then as I got older, I learned more about her and the fact that she was a civil rights activist and she had bipolar, which is something I have. Um, but she had bipolar one, which was really extreme to the point where she tried shooting people um, and when she wasn't treated, whereas I had bipolar two, which means a bit of medication no one would know. So that's fine. Um, so yeah, so that wasn't really discovered until after she'd passed, but I felt like this connection to her and yeah she but she was um a civil rights activist she was more of a malcolm x kind of advocating mm-hmm. violence for black nationalism and things like that and i have somewhat like when i was younger being a privileged white girl i had some kind of respect for that kind of attitude um so i was just like yeah fight the power yeah. um uh, but anyway uh, she is not called nina Simone. she is called eunice kathleen wayman she lived 1933 to 2003. She died in the south of France of breast cancer. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, she changed her name to Nina Simone to disguise herself from her family members because she was playing devil's music in Atlantic City, playing mm-hmm. the piano. So um, so she changed it so she couldn't be found out. Because what a time her, to live. Her eh? family's were, like, in, in the ministry, the, the, in the Methodists and stuff which we'll come back to with cinema. So, yeah, um, uh, yeah. she's got accolades such as Nina Simone Street in the Netherlands. She was admitted into the North mm. Carolina Music Hall of Fame. She's got a statue in North Carolina. She's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And the Royal Albert Hall National BBC Prompt did an homage to her as well. So, like, she's got all these accolades and all of this respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are countless oh people that... Um, like call her an inspiration to their music, um, including Matt Bellamy. Yeah. So that's nice. I can see that. Um, Matt Bellamy from Muse. Muse. He's not the guy from the National. Um, No, not the guy from the National. That's Matt Berninger. Um, All these Matt. So, George. Two Matts, come on. Four albums released the year after this one. Two albums released this year. Yeah. Many, many, many albums. What made you pick this one? Okay. So I (laughs) love um, many things in music. I love a cappella in music because if I think someone can hold a tune with no instruments behind them, that is astonishing. So being my husband just like catches me after an opening to an album because there's no instruments, there's just drums behind her, um, keeping her in rhythm. Um, Cinnamon is 
as I mentioned, one of just my favourite songs. Um, so that's just epically awesome. The instruments on this album. So she had different arrangements where, like, Put a Spell on You has full strings. Mm-hmm. Like, um, You're a big band one. Really big. Whereas this one was really pared back. So there was just Nina on piano, vocals, and doing the arrangements. Ali Shackman on guitar and harmonica. You know, we love a harmonica. We do. Um, and then... Uh, Rudy uh, Stevenson on guitar and flute, Oops. and then Lisa Liesel and Atkinson on double bass. Love a double bass. Yeah. And then um, is it no Bob, discrimination? Bobby Hamilton. Do on, <laughs> like, do you discriminate against any musical drum. instrument? Really? Um, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> when they're misused. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we've got uh, double bass, we've got hand claps, we've got harmonica, and we've got um, a cappella, and we've also got um, poppy tunes. Um, we've got, um, um, and then I think the most important thing is um, she's got the second most famous version of Strange Fruit mm-hmm. that Billie Holiday originally recorded in 33, I believe. Um, 30, 39. No, 39. It was, mm-hmm. I think it was written in like a poem in It was written in 37. Um, and it came from a poem. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so Billie Holiday in 39. And Billie Holiday had a huge backlash when she recorded Strange Fruit back in 39. Um, and then the next biggest, like, important uh, cover was, um, uh, was Nina Simone doing it in this and hers is a really pared back kind of mm. version of strange fruit now strange fruit is um a really impactful song it's also been covered by jeff buckley susie and the banshees ub40 so um that's oh. a lot of white people yeah. covering, <laughs> yeah. covering a song about um the black lynching yeah. um so um i figure that song is in, was in Time Magazine's Best Song of the Century. Um, it was entered into the Library of Congress. The New Statesman has called it one of its top 20 political songs of all time. So um, it's like a really impactful track. And I think Nina does a really good version of it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I've had a little prattle on there. Um, Liam. Yes. Obviously, you didn't know Nia Simone, but you just knew of her iconic mm-hmm. status. Yeah. Um, uh, why? What was your first impression of an album that is not in your wheelhouse? So my first impression was that her voice is actually, it felt masculine to me. A lot and, of And I don't know if that. that's a thing that, okay, cool. Lots of people, so I'm not like no. damaging, like, oh my God, you don't know. Because when she, when she first opened with Be My Husband, I was like, she must have done a duet with a dude singing the first parts and her singing some other parts. And it wasn't until I got all the way through that song and like paid more attention to it that I was like, oh no, that's her voice is just not what I expected from the queen of blues and soul Mm -hmm. stuff. So that, that, that was probably my biggest first, like all, like the rest of the stuff was like, you know, the jazz standards that, you know, I, I guess I was, I didn't find anything like, oh my God, that's amazing. That's surprisingly good or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But just the way her voice sounded was just, and I I didn't know whether it, it, the more I listened to it really carefully, it also felt like part of that was because she was quite raspy. And I didn't know whether that was because she was releasing two albums a year and probably touring nonstop because that was the only way they could, you know, survive. The radio back in the this time wouldn't have been the same sort of thing. So I don't know whether she just performed a lot pretty, and her voice transformed possible. over time or if her voice was just always like that. And her, maybe you can tell me. Her voice has always been like deeper masculine yeah um and like a lot of people like mistake her like have mistaken her voice for like tracy chapman as mm-hmm. well have yep. mistaken tracy chapman for being a male voice mm. in the past um i think um being an african-american woman um from like like one particular like church or whatever like she might have always been forced to sing the mm-hmm. um, alto parts or something like that yeah um but yeah, she's definitely not a soprano, though she can belt out a few notes and mm. hold them, sustain yeah. them. And Which then we'll, she we'll has a v- vibrato on yeah. it too. But I think also because that first song, like I said, the Be My Husband, which is like all foot stamps and claps, foot yes. stomps and claps and percussion, reminds me of like those old bad man ballads. So Poe Lazarus sort of stuff like men singing on jail lines, like on the, oh, on the lines yeah. where they're clapping yeah, stuff, okay. which is, you know, I'm going to give my, knowledge, my bad knowledge here, but that's 
my brother were out there was always my reference point for a lot of this stuff which is kind of what the cones wanted to happen is like hey white people here's all this stuff that you yeah. probably really love and you don't know about and i'm like yeah that's me <laughs> but it was there's a song on the side of that which is just the same thing is like the percussion is the sound of their clinking things as they smack down you know rocks breaking up rocks or... and stuff and then them singing and that so that first song that sounded very masculine despite the fact that it's like be my husband it's like be mine i'll love you i'll you know even though and yet he's a bastard mm, he is yeah. a bastard and she's like she also sings Mm-hmm. And then she goes on to say, oh, my daddy loved me. And she also says, oh, my daddy loved me good. And mm-hmm. it's like, does he though? Like, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Written by the partner, the time. Was so, it? That song, I thought, I read there. Uh, so, it was, so it was from an original by Andy Stroud, but I don't, I don't know who that was. That's I don't all, know I the context. No, so it could have been. Mm. Potentially. So it's important to note that she didn't actually write any of the songs. Yes. But her arrangement of Cinnamon is um, recognised as being hers, her song, because it's an old Methodist um, church song from like the um, 30s and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so she just took that and rearranged it and turned it into the song Cinnamon. But that's the only one that has her name against it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, Grant, this, mm. again, not in your wheelhouse, and I'm bringing something that's older than you, so, um, which is nice. As the old man of the group. Oh, they're like so, so old. <laughs> Thanks. I literally don't something. know which of you is older. I don't, it no. doesn't matter. I literally friendly. am the oldest, but not by a long, long no. way. Um, um, so, first impression, because, um, like, I bought you Chet Baker, which is a really easy listen, kind of like jazz before. That this is a bit more confronting. Maybe. Yeah, well, you, you start with it's a hand claps, and I was like, oh, hand claps. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is what George loves. Um, and I actually read the Apple. Um, so you guys use Spotify. I listen to it on, on Apple, and they don't have Flippin' Cinnamon on available on oh, the, yeah. in the thing, which is an aside. But um, I, so I, I read the review um, on it, which isn't on all the albums that we released, but they said that we proposed and they said look it's this the prolific um producer or, or um, generator of music and four albums the following year and husband abused her and i was like this lady is just like she's gonna have had a gravy train of note that was on the back of her probably taking her cash mm-hmm. and she works flipping hard um and be my husband he's going opens with this oh you know as as the state as as a state and then he's bastard so um i i, I recognized obviously um nobody knows you when you're down and out um mm. as as um as another one i didn't enjoy strange fruit actually to to, to begin with but then i looked at the lyrics and i was like whoa mm-hmm. whoa whoa this is unreal um and tell me more and more and then has got a riff I want more is that Faithless use in one mm. of their tracks and oh, I was nice. like so I'm like oh I know that I know that <laughs> that's cool okay Cinnamon is already on TV at the moment geez why are they still because I don't trust those people but you know so so you know more it? than Liam no let's not get ahead of ourselves <laughs> okay? I think you did but um, I knew I'd heard Cinnamon um, that was used in an episode of Scrubs. That's kind of oh, that's what would have been as well. Then I yep. loved Scrubs. The early Scrub seasons were just amazing. Yeah, um, I knew of Strange Fruit, but I don't think I'd ever heard sat down and listened to it properly. And that was it for me. I like songs like like Nobody Knows You When You're Down and Out. It feels like a very traditional jazz arrangement. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, this is. But Clapton also did a cover. Oh, okay. And unplugged, I think in oh really yeah with when with um it's got the great one of Cheers in Heaven. Same album as Tears, MTV Unplugged with Tears in Heaven and... Um, How many has he done of MTV Unplugged? Oh, they only did one. Oh. That's what, but from like, that would be from the early 90s. Oh, okay. Um, and Tears in Heaven and Layla, great acoustic version of Layla. Um, but nobody knows My you My friend was named Layla or... after that song. Really? Yeah. No, no word of a lie. Um, wow. There you go. Um, and I've got a Lola and I always go to the kinks and... <laughs> Whatever the other guy's name is, but sure. <laughs> um, okay. So, so some of it was confronting, and some of it was very familiar. And I'm like, geez, 
look at the influence um, mm. that, that some of the songs have had. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So uh, some of the people that say that they um, own Nina Simone are Elton John, Aretha Franklin, Adele, David Bowie, Kanye West, John Legend, Cat Stevens, Cat, Lauren Hill, John Lennon, ba Matt Bellamy, Alicia Keys, Moss Def, Bono and Nick Cave. Mm -hmm. They're just some, wow. some of the people that have said that there they've cited Nina as being an influence. So, yeah, so, so she's the epic influence, but it's like she still only charted like 159 Billboard for this mm. one. Like, but, higher but, on but, the others. But, it, like, in white America, like, I, mean, yeah, I don't think this actually even may, may, may have made it to South Africa because it would have been viewed as, you know, too. Um, there is know, no way that Strange or... Fruit would have made it to South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you that um, now. Yeah. So, anyway, my, my folks certainly went. Um, into blues and that but i don't think i would have been able to find it if i'd known about it mm. for a long period of time certainly during that um mm -hmm. apartheid era so you said nobody knows you when you're down and out mm. so that is a just standard like yeah. a blues standard um and just, she's felt, got... just felt comfortable like I'd, ne I'd definitely never heard it before I was like, oh, I know. I heard the cover. Yeah, and I was like, I know. You kind of you can plot in your head where the Familiar songs are going. Yeah, I know what's going to yeah. happen here. Piano, drums, double bass. Yeah, smooth vocals. Love um, the double bass all through this album. Lyle Atkinson. Is that? I don't know if that's a man or a woman. Lyle's got no idea. I'm yeah, just, Lyle. Um, Lyle, I think is a man's name. Lyle's yeah, it felt man. like the kind of thing where it'd be four four dudes behind yeah. the lady. She's um, got a vibrato at the end of each line mm -hmm. in that one. So the uh, kind of noise. Yeah. Um, which is lovely, um, but yeah, and it's talking about like when you're down and out, you've got no friends and everything sucks. But mm. then there's a line of just as soon as you get up on your feet again, here they all come. They say that they're your long lost friends. Yeah. So at the start, she's about. When I was rich, I had lots of friends because everybody wanted to be around me, but no one wants to know you when you don't, when you're not yeah. rich. And it feels like that's something that she could. The thing is about all the songs that she's picked for this album, they all feel like she could have written them. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't like "Be My Husband" feels like something that she would think because she said "Daddy" a lot in most in a lot of her songs, and um, in reference to husband. Mm. Um, and yeah, but like. When I was growing up, I just assumed she'd written all of her songs. Like, I had no idea. And then mm -hmm. I'd heard somebody else singing them, and I was like, oh. And then I understood the concept of jazz standard. And that song, so um, it was written in 1923. And then she's re-recorded it in 65. Mm -hmm. And it's still as relevant. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, got... I'm sure I don't listen to a lot of pop music right now, but I bet there's lots of people in the pop, you know, charting music stuff who have got songs about how they feel alone because... People mm. only care about them for their for being for their a fame. pop artist. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Sure. Ends with a big showy vocal line too. Like ends ends on that uplift, which mm -hmm. is really cool. It's a bit of a downer song generally, but yeah, ends on that big power lift yeah. off at the end. It was really cool. Well, that's what, like what I really enjoy is she can sometimes whisper, mm. then she'll sometimes almost speak, then she can sing sing a tune, and then she'll bell out something or wail in some way. It's like okay yeah. here she is and she is known for that like breath of change but she's doing all of this whilst playing intricate piano yes and mm. her live videos she is playing incredible piano at the same time and she's belting out these tunes and you're like i can't do one of these things <laughs> <laughs> like, independently of Jeez. another um but yeah i guess growing up in the church you kind of learn your instrument and kind of learn to sing and mm. and she she took it but she it's had like, to i remember when ages of just sort of memories jumped in my head years ago when we like when my friend and i were first getting into music and we saw spider bait play and janet who's their guitar their bass player and sometimes sings and she can jump around while well, she used to be able to. She could jump around as well while she was singing. And my friend was like, I don't. He'd go down into the mosh and jump, and that was it. So I don't understand how she plays bass and sings and moves around on the stage at the same time. It's just, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, becomes, you, you have to do it long enough for it to become muscle memory because yes. you can't. If you, Absolutely. I'm sure if you think about, I'm doing three things at once, your brain would just no go well, on. Nina would get like up, up like, onto the piano. She'd like kick a stool away. Yeah. And she would like absolutely hammer out some of those because she's classically trained. So mm -hmm. um, like in End of the Line, 
the opening of it is classical piano. Yeah. That's not jazz. That is classical. And she's been her when she has composed, they compare her more to Johann Bach than they do to other jazz players because she writes classical like sounding piano. And so in Just, End of the Line, that's what she's done. It's a real heartbreak song, that one. Just like mm. oh. when, when I, a moment ago, I said where it's like, it's a, it's a sadder song, but you know, it has a lift at the end. It's like, no, no, this is, no, this is just... ultimate heartbreak song. Just like down, down. And just like, so the first half is just piano and her voice. Mm-hmm. And then the second half, like just these slight, slight drum and bass sounds come in. And that's where the flute comes in as well. Yes. So cool. But just like her voice and her piano is just, that song is just, all about those two. And when the flute comes in, that's when you're like, okay, this is the 60s? Yeah. We're not, this <laughs> yeah, is, I mean, you can just but, Yeah, period. it's not 40s jazz, it's not 80s jazz. Like, flute comes in, mm-hmm. we're in the 60s. Okay. And it's got like a, like a distinct like um, era mm-hmm. like of bringing in the flute. Um, and she says like... This is the end of the line How can I define how helpless I've become I feel like some discarded Valentine Lyric Buddies Lyric I, got, I got the second half of that one written down nice. yeah some discarded Valentine is just oh killer absolutely and I was born on Valentine's Day <laughs> so I, I, it hit me in the feels um, but and then we jump into honky tonk piano, mm-hmm. like, so she can play anything. Honky tonk piano with electric guitar, um, really bluesy. Um, trouble in mind. Mm-hmm. The double tick of approval. Double tick. What else needs to be said? Nice. <laughs> and it's got um, trouble in mind. I'm blue, but I won't be blue always. Well, yeah. So, did you do you know much about this song? No. So there's some lyric changes. So the original version was by Richard Jones. So in her version, she says, I'm going down to the river, going to get me a rocking chair. If the Lord don't help me, I'm going to rock away from here. Yes. So it feels like, I'm going to, but it's up to, it's upbeat songs. So it feels like I'm going to go down to the river and if the Lord doesn't give me a solution, I'll just rock back and forth and that'll be, you know, that'll give me some satisfaction. That's actually changed from one of the original versions I found where she's, where they say that um, if, feel like dying gonna take my chair down to the river if the blues don't go away i'll rock them away so it's like if you don't if the lord doesn't help me i'll throw myself into the river which is another change from content warning the original version said if the lord don't take my blues away i'm gonna lay my head on that lonesome railroad line and let the 219 ease my troubled mind whoa oh that's an escalation yeah yeah some because let's I, escalate it quickly. Oh, de- I, I, de- I was searching lyrics and then the song name, and it was coming up with not her versions. And then oh. when I got Richard Jones's version, his version is I I haven't heard it, but I've got to assume it's a down song because it's like if huh. yeah, if the Lord doesn't help me, I'm going to put my head on the just railroad tracks. And she's gone. Okay, well, how about I make a fun version, and where I'm just sitting back and forth rocking in a chair, which is probably a bit more radio friendly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there you yeah. go. So that's nice. Um, um, that's really cool though. Yeah, um, that's the, it's a cool song. That's the beauty of like some of these like jazz and blues standards. Just like people will um, just, just lift evolve. them and yeah, evolves. Evolves a lovely way of doing it. Isn't mm-hmm. it? Isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? He's like, and you're richer. <laughs> I am richer. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, um, ah. uh, but yeah, so uh, one. It's only two minutes forty or whatever. Um, but uh, at one point. One and a half minutes, um, she belts out that chorus, mm-hmm. and then the guitar riffs come in, jazz drums, the brushes, yeah, oh, yeah, the brushes, um, and then there's a twenty second outro with whole band, and she's just belting out, yeah, the big vocal line, yeah, um, which leads us ni- nicely into the harmonica. Mm-hmm. In tell me more and more and then some lyrics of which I read out to my partner today and said when you done told me about a million times how much you loved me and you threw start right back in again another Billy Holiday song on there too oh, oh. yes that was that was well it, yeah I think she wrote the original or she was involved in the original some way. Well, there's a 
harmonica and double bass, mm -hmm. twinkly piano, um, and her vocals were almost on the offbeat too, which I really loved. And she does, um, at the beginning of the lines um, from the um, second verse, the rest of the instruments fall away and it's just the vocals and then they come back in. Nice. And it's just like a really nice thing. Like it's just like she carries it and then they join her and she carries it and they join her, which is like a really nice thing. So, yeah. And there's, so finger, there's some finger clicking in there too. Yeah. Yes, I could do it. There you go. Oh, I've, on I've got fire. Oh, yeah. so you just have some of that and you on your way. Yeah. But yeah, the... The first part of it, the piano and the harmonica and the vocals, none of them are following the same melody line either. They're all almost mm -hmm. dueling in what they're sort of trying to do, which makes it feel like freeform sort of jazzy stuff. Like there's, mm. they're not just, oh yeah, we're all just going to find a melody and hit the same beats along. It's really cool. Yes. Well, they're all clearly accomplished. Mm -hmm. But yeah. um, the great thing is, is Nina is such a good arranger that she, um, even if she can't play your instrument, she can tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. So she was always, like her mind was so complex and thorough. She would tell um, every instrument what it should or should not play. And she would make all of the arrangements for every song. And you're bearing in mind that she's not only recording every song, she's doing the arrangement for every song for four albums in a year. Mm. So it's- Did she rest? It's ridiculous, um, and yeah, and so and she did have a troubled life, and sure. she did have people who didn't want anything to do with her when she did the devil's music, and then they jumped on the bandwagon when she became rich and famous, and then she was fighting for civil rights, and like she understood what it was like to be a black woman in America and being discriminated against, and there were times where she'd show up to play a show and she'd be turned away because it was a white person's district mm. and stuff, and so no wonder like she had all the soul Unreal. and stuff, like, and this is like living in the 60s and still like charting and producing songs that people fall in love with and play at their weddings and stuff like that but at the same time she didn't have equal rights mm -hmm. um, so yeah like I don't blame no one so and I feel really bad that she wasn't that, that her mental health problems took control of her to the point where she caused so much trouble in her life and people tried to take like control of her life and stuff like that and it's wow. just it's just really sad like, it sucks yeah it just yes it's very sad for such an accomplished musician mm. um but i think um we should probably um touch on probably any well so before we get into strange fruit and cinema yeah um were there and uh did you want to talk about chili winds or ain't no use i love chili winds don't blow mm -hmm. um it, it's uh, apart from Cinnamon, it's like the longest track on the album. Um, breaks down for an instrument break at the end, like the mm. last third of it is like an instrument break, which feels like you're in an actual jazz club. It almost feels improvisational, except that you know it's not because she's too good at arranging stuff. But all <laughs> the all the different layers and like the vocal lines and the instrument lines don't necessarily match. So sometimes even she'll sing a line and then the instruments will all pick it up and play the melody after she's sung it, which like is what you would do if you're in a jazz club and the singer was improvising. You'd go, D -d -d -d. oh, yeah, D -d 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 -d. like just trying to follow along, but then just building that stuff behind it. Because she does so, scat jazz with the yeah. baby doo-doos mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like, yeah, so it uses the repetition in the lyrics really well. But, I, yeah, it was one of the songs that made you feel like you were in an actual jazz club with a whole bunch of people up on stage just in, in, not improvising as in random, but improvising as in jazz, yeah. you know, freeform Have stuff. Have you been to a good jazz club before? I don't think so. I oh. might have been to a jazz club, but it doesn't stick in my mind, so no. it probably wasn't a good one. Have you not? Have you not? Okay. It's just an ethereal experience when you've got really accomplished musicians and you can have anywhere between three and 15 musicians mm. playing jazz and like one person will just lead, like oh, say on the piano, and then everyone will just gradually join in and play something and then they'll look at one person and they'll play a solo. Yeah. And then they'll look at someone else and they'll play a solo and then they'll just like move on and they'll just go, okay, eight bells for you. Who's next? Eight mm -hmm. bells for you. And it's like just an absolutely incredible experience. Like it's electrifying. It's yeah. So mm. good. I think it'd be really cool, but um, I'd want to be seated and want not they're to be crowded. Always, and want not seated. to be crowded and 
So yeah. Brisbane Jazz Club, you're always sat down at a nice table with a red tablecloth and a little candle, and you can order food and drinks to your table, and you're overlooking the river, mm. and it's really, really nice. They don't. Is that the one on the river down? Just down on the river. Down there. Down, so he's pointing so down there because I live <laughs> in a penthouse on the river. Um, yeah, so it is. It's down there. But anyway, so um, yeah, so like at some point, um, take your significant others to the jazz club for um, one of the performances because it and, and this is for the people at home to um, go to a jazz like a real jazz club and go and thoroughly immerse yourself in what is an ethereal experience. By the way. So I've been to quite a few. Yeah. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, so we touched on um, strange fruit. <sighs> yeah. Well. Not a lot to say. It's just no. like it's so stripped back and so like the lyrics, like, you know, if you say to someone, oh, it's an iconic song about lynching, you'd think, oh, yeah, they're going to tell a whole tale about Billy from the streets and he was accused wrongly and this happened and then the people didn't care and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, it's none of that. It's just the imagery, mm. which is just... Post-event. Yeah. yeah, like it's just more stunning for its simplicity. Graphic. Well, um, so it is soft piano and paired back vocals mm -hmm. and she's letting the lyrics tell the story yeah. as you say like it she's she um is high pitched at points and then low whispering there's moments of acapella moments of just complete silence and then a build-up and then she lets it drop when the lyrics say drop um which i thought was like mm -hmm. a really significant moment then the 20 second outro of just soft piano just as chords just like it almost felt like a funeral march you know like it was just mm. really devastating mm. um so i would have been interested to see i think it could have worked for her just as vocals only i think she could have done a version with no instruments mm, and just song and i think it, like maybe someone helping her keep time or whatever but at the end of it i was like like because her voice is so powerful like when she so when she sings for the sun to rot, for the leaves to drop. Like just those two, the delivery of those two lines just grabbed me. I was like, what the hell? And just, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think it would have been interesting to see what it sounded like just as a vocal line alone. Because it literally, it doesn't it hold back on what, it, what the meaning is. No. Because no. it opens with the lyrics. Seven feet. Barren, strange fruit Blood on the leaves And blood at the roots Black bodies swinging in the southern breeze Strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees. Mm -hmm. That's, it gives me shivers. Mm. Like, genuinely gives me shivers. And I know the Billie Holiday version is the big famous one. And, and she got a lot of shit for it. But like this version of it is just, ah, oh, she gives me the... Isn't it sad that, that when it was, it was written in the 30s, and this is in the 60s, and it's still now still would in, have been. in the 2020s. It's, yeah. It causes mm -hmm. a physiological response mm. to what was going on. And even in the 60s, it was still going on. So, um, there well, you go. Yeah. Well, down and then spiraling. Spiraling yeah. down. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's like, yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know what mood you'd have to be in to want to listen to this song. Oh, sure. Because yeah. it's like you, if you're up, it's going to come down. And if you're down, it's going to be, yeah. I think sometimes when I'm in a mood of going, the whole world is at my feet, I can achieve anything. I just look in the mirror and I'm like, no, I'm a white girl who had so many doors open for her in, and I've never been like scared of like um, a group of white people that usually, like, I am as a woman, but never because of the color of my skin. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, I thank like, 
the world for giving me that privilege i guess i don't know there's no there's no true words to actually explain it but i listen to it sometimes when i just need to check myself (laughs) and be like i wasn't i wasn't i was given a lot in my life because i was a young pretty white girl and it wouldn't have happened to some of my friends who Mm -hmm. weren't as pigment privileged so yeah moving on from that epic um song um to the most epic song to the most mm. epic song which ten is and a, ten and a half minutes on a 36 minute album is pretty good right that's 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 a lot but this feels like a jazz club yes this exactly yeah definitely a jazz club so i've written down some timings on here as well just to make it happen so first time so you've just listened to strange fruit for the first time and you're like you two and you're like holy shit what's this about um this is a big heavy song and then we move into cinema which is feels like you're running even though you're stationary mm-hmm. mm, cool. so your transition from strange fruit to cinema um how weird or how good was that or how relieving was that i think the problem was the first time i listened to it which is what i normally do and i shouldn't do i wasn't sitting down and paying attention to it so I don't think Strange Fruit grabbed me quite as much as it as it would have if I'd been sitting down listening to it properly and then jolted in. Mm-hmm. But because I knew the piano melody right from the start, and I'd, I'd heard of Cinnamon as well, just as a as a general song and a concept and stuff, that I was like, yeah, this is really yeah, just that piano. I was like, oh, I'm back in more familiar territory. And but it was like I was interested that it was ten minutes. At first, I was like, oh, it must be a um like a secret track, like a three minutes and yeah. a blank and then a three minutes or something. But yeah, it's an arrangement. It's a jazz oh, arrangement. And I had to find it off. I'd yeah. move off Apple to then go search. Oh, yeah. So I had a gap anyway. And then that, that because I've literally just been hearing the, the intro on TV. Yeah. Oh, no, this is familiar. I know this part. Sure. Yeah. That's cool. So mm. you had a gap between Strange Fruit and Cinema. Yeah, anyway, I had to. Because you had to because it wasn't yeah. on Apple. <laughs> silly, silly music provider that I use. How dare they? It's very disappointing. Like, I like my phone, but their service for this song, not good enough. Yeah. Correct. So, Why? um, easily I found it, but it wasn't on there. Wasn't on. No, it wasn't, wasn't on, the, on the album. Yeah. Um, so we've got intricate piano, a complete sense of urgency. Yep. Um, from um, the driving piano, urgent drums. Um, vocals are literally about running. The double bass is just running lines up and down the fret, um, and repetitive lyrics again. Yeah. So you've got the most, if not the most variety of lyrics, you've got the most words, you know, obviously it's a 10 minute song, but like, yeah, it's just constant, very fast lyrics. So she's spitting out the words really, really quickly. Yes. Um, and like, she does corker a bit there. And then male vocalist doing some harmonizing behind mm. her. I, think, I don't think it's anywhere else in the album. I think no, the it's first not. Dudes can have a sing and they're just doing a little bit of oh, harmonizing behind her. And yeah. So that's during Power and Kingdom, but she's shouting power. And then yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so um, so they have that call and response effect. Yes. Like, and yeah, and it's the first time you hear male voices. So it's obviously just those four dudes yeah. who are just like allowed to shout in the um to bring it because that is um that's bringing her back to her gospel days. Mm-hmm. So gospel yeah, music is gospel all time. about call and response. Yeah. So yeah. um it's literally about her calling to God um, for Saviour from the cinema. Um, and so she says So I run to the Lord Please help me Lord Don't you see me praying Don't you see me down here praying But the Lord said Go to the devil The Lord said Go to the devil He said go to the devil Which is like so you've recapped what the song is about, which is a guy who's been a sinner his whole life and tries to recant on his deathbed and go, no, I, I was a believer all along. And God's like, no, nah, not, yeah. ha- not having it. And that's, Not on my watch. Not on my watch. And they do the call and response until 3 minutes 30, where you think the song's over. Then there's this huge piano slide mm-hmm. and the vocals drop. Then it's just the guitar, double bass and drums hand claps yeah hand claps come in um <laughs> from 3 30 until 4 45 where only hand claps for 15 seconds and before the piano starts just chords start 
just <sighs> breathing like she's running until 5.45, which she starts with the oh yes. And then at 6.10, they just start the song here. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Why wouldn't they? She does scat vocals at 8.10 against drums and piano with piano trills, then some a cappella and some silences, piano solos, then the last minute is back to a full crescendo and collapse of the drums and piano completing the last 20 seconds mm-hmm. of this 10 and a half minute song. Yeah. So where we were talking, you talked about being in a jazz club. I'm like, yeah, this is the jazz club song. It's the last song. This is yeah. the last song of the night because you don't do it. You might, you probably even do like a 15 minute version. Oh, but yeah. you, could, yes. you couldn't do anything afterwards. This would be this one where you're all smashing your instruments, like the jazz equivalent of getting up and throwing something down and walking off, except you wouldn't, because that's what, that's not what jazz <laughs> people do. Yeah. But, no, but they do the smack end. their instruments around yeah. and slap them and do all sorts of stuff. But yeah, this is definitely, like when it comes to a finale, it's only nine tracks long, mm-hmm. and as you say, like 30 odd minutes and 10 minutes are made up of this song. Yeah. But it's been so impactful. Mm. In it's being used in insurance adverts, yeah, and it's been covered. And scrubs, I mean, yeah, is it any more yeah. required? And yeah. it's also been covered like countless times, but her version, like not the original Methodist version from like mm. the thirties and forties, but her version is like the one. So she said that she remembered hearing it at church when she was a girl, mm. and then that's why she made the arrangement. It definitely reminded me also of Nick Cave. Like this, like you said, Nick Cave said he credited her. Like this is the kind of revivalist church stuff that he yeah. loved and then brought into sort of more modern sort of story stuff, but also the old does old fashioned stuff as well. Yes. It's awesome. It like yeah. It's one of my go to songs in general if I want to be like if I really need to like um get up and go and do mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. Like it's like if I really need to like laundry let's or, go or i need to like, tidy the apartment and all that kind of stuff i'm like i have to it's like i'll pop it on and just be like you've got no choice but to move mm-hmm. so mm, yeah cool. um even though it's about like and about re- like unrequited repentance mm-hmm. and i feel like that would be me <laughs> on my deathbed nah. <laughs> i'd be like lord are you listening nah. um, that's, that's, that's like the thing when you hear people talk about deathbed deathbed baptisms and you know I believe in God now. It's like, yeah, the religion does allow for that, but you've got to mean it. You, you can't just go, no, I believe in God now. You've actually got to believe in God at that moment. Or so it's like people think of it like a loophole, but it's not really because you'd actually have to believe. And if you think that's a loophole, then you probably don't believe. So <laughs> yeah, this is so you should let them all know. Yeah. This is <laughs> no. like, you should like walk Whoa. around um, uh, to all the chaplains and all the hospitals and be like, you know, this is just a loophole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been thinking about it because mm. I listened to Nia Simone. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we actually cool. went, there's only nine tracks and we went through them all. So how long did you say the album was? 36 minutes. 36 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I like short albums. We do. We do like short albums. Mm-hmm. We do like short albums. Um, so I think mm-hmm. I'm definitely ready for the final pitch because we've we covered this album thoroughly. Um, so, okay. So I came to, uh, when Liam said it was my turn to bring an album, um, I realized that I brought quite a lot of like... Um, uh, 20 to 30 something white guys to the table um, which is not to say their albums haven't been excellent um, or flawless too the- or flawless sometimes too um, but yeah but then actually on the flawless thing I think only Nick Drake was like the cishet white man <laughs> um, the others were like women or something. Mm, sure. so um, yeah so anyway um, I made a conscious decision in my shortlist to bring somebody who is representing t- uh, three minorities, uh, which is um, she's an African-American woman, she is a woman, and she also had um, disabilities with her mental health disorder. And I was like, okay, um, she's somebody I've loved since I was a little girl. And I know that she's one of the finest musicians that I've ever listened to. And I'm just saddened that I never spent any of my life watching her live. Um, because I think she would have been incredible. But her live videos are astonishing. And the energy she had until she stopped playing was unrelenting and beautiful. I believe in her politics. Um, I believe in the songs that she actually wrote which aren't on this album, um, but her, her actual compositions were incredible. Her arrangements are something that 
can't you can't compete with because she understands how everything should sound and she was prolific and made huge amounts of strides for african-american women in the music industry and people from all over the world have cited her as an influence i think this particular album has um a bookend really beautiful from be my husband which is like an acapella um, percussion um to and really paired back um and then with the Chang'an influence. Um, mm-hmm. But then um, flipping and ending on such an epic classic as cinema, which is being so influential in so many different genres. And then I think that this particular album is an incredible representation of the breadth of her ability, um, her vocals, her piano playing, her arrangements. And I'm honoured to bring it, um, and I will pass the baton over to Liam, because mm-hmm. he is looking at me. <laughs> um, so I'm putting it out there that I'm not expecting applause, but I'm just really fucking thrilled to have spent this time talking about this album. Cool. Mm. Nice. Well put. There you go. Um, Thank you. So this album, like when you nominate it, and I looked it up, it's always going to be an uphill battle for me when it's someone who is doing songs they didn't write. So it's, it's it's not it's not an instant not an instant no, but when it's a whole bunch of songs, yeah. And I know that that's jazz, and that's I, I'm aware that that's the way that that particular genre works. That's jazz. That's jazz. Jazz hands is like, um, and you know, and I'm sure there are albums by jazz classic people, but that they've written themselves, but they're not the ones you've nominated so far. So it's yeah, going into it, it was like okay, it's going to be an uphill battle, but then. Like just the variety of the songs in there was amazing. Her voice is amazing. Like just blew me away. Like I said, once I realized that that masculine voice was actually her, it was just incredible. Her piano playing is incredible. Like I said, the arrangements were really good. Um, it's not like she's picked nine random songs. So it's not like, I'm sure there are some jazz albums out there where the person just went, oh, I'll just do nine standards. Here you go. Here's my thing. Off we go. These all feel thematically connected through her being a woman and then also through her being an African-American as well. So yeah, I listened to it all the way through and every song I was like, yeah, I really love how this song does this bit. And I really like how this song does this bit. And then, yeah, just going all the way through and then like strange fruit and cinnamon at the end is it's like an amazing one, two to finish. Like I said, cinnamon, it's just like, a, I'm glad they didn't put anything after it because that, yeah. well, that I probably would have said no for that <laughs> alone, but they didn't, which means I'm saying, yes, it's flawless. <gasps> no way. <laughs> I just it's the only thing I don't like about it is that they're not all written by her that's that's the only mark I could possibly manage to come up with that's against it and that's that's not and that's not enough on its own so it's so good that it overcomes that and she makes the songs her own I think if you said to someone who didn't know any better these are nine songs that she wrote they'd probably be like yeah that makes sense they feel like her songs which is part of the beauty of that arrangement so yeah I'm giving it a yes that's awesome thanks Okay, Grantle, this is obviously impact, like, controversial, different, not in your real house. All of the above. Well, not controversial. I would go more confronting. Confronting, than, sorry. Than, than controversial in that it's, I said, I was listening to a couple of times this morning and looking the lyrics um, of, of Strange Fruit and just like, this is not, and it's not happy, mm-hmm. Australia 180, 20, 30-year-old white males. <laughs> It's way outside Grantie's <laughs> normal sort of sort of and 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 just just a little bit older than me from an album perspective too, you know, from 1965. Um, but in listening to it, uh, off off the off the off the bat, "Be My Husband" and and how it opens is a great track, like double tick, boom, there you go. And then I've had this familiarity around nobody knows you when you're down and out, um, as it, as I've experienced the cover with. Um, Captain as well, um, and then tell me more and more and more in, in there, and you've got that sort of from Fra- from Faithless. Um, Just like, and I'm like, like all I know all this, but like, where's, like I, this is there is familiarity, maybe it's because it's jazz standards, and I don't listen to jazz at all really. But um, I have to agree, you know, for mine it is flawless. Um, so I, I couldn't. I mean, I, I had to skip tracks. <laughs> don't get me wrong. No, you're okay. I don't want to cry. Oh, you can do that too. Despite the frustration of of my music service provider having to find Cinnamon post How good is Strange it, Fruit, okay, um, and that I, I wouldn't be picking this at all, 
not unlike <laughs> some other albums that I've just said is flawless. I'm okay. Um, and I thought Liam would have a problem with the, <laughs> with them not being written by her um, <laughs> as well, but which maybe you're being too predictable, Liam, or just comfortable in what you know. Or just, but I, no, this is, or just I think things. Yeah, <laughs> and okay. verbalize them, and, and that's okay. Yeah, I have an opinion, and that's okay. Um, yeah, this, which is cool. It was really, um, I, I think you could, if you wanted to go down, you certainly this is a good opportunity for yourself to get down um, <laughs> if, if you chose to. Um, but thank you. Um, it was great. Um, I don't, I'd like to say I'm richer for the experience, but I'm conscious that I might be repeating myself. When I say that, so. What was that about being thank predictable? Thank you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh no, gosh. it was cool. It was a cool album. Thank you. Okay. Um, okay, this is not how I thought it would go. And I feel a little bit emotional and not because I've just had a cocktail. Um, yes. So, okay. Nina Simone, Pastel Blues, 1965. You are being recognised by Flawless, a music podcast, as being a Flawless album. So mm -hmm. thank you very much for your contributions wherever you are. So, and thank you everyone for listening. We are on the socials, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We are Flawless AMP on all of those. So you can join the conversation, share or like our posts, give us a rating, have a conversation in general, like about your opinion of this album. Every little bit helps us to find more music lovers like you. As mentioned before, there's a Patreon, patreon.com slash Flawless AMP. If you would like to back us, please check that out for bonus episodes. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.